In between anatomy and biochemistry classes, some medical students are supplementing their education with lessons on sautéing and chopping vegetables. Their goal is to improve the dialogue between medical professionals and their patients about healthy eating habits. Is it working? And will this approach catch on across more medical schools? You're listening to Everyday Family Medicine on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Jennifer Cottle. Joining me today is Chef Leah Saris, a registered dietitian and director of operations and executive chef at the Gold Ring Center for Culinary Medicine at Tulane University School of Medicine. Chef Saris, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Can you explain what culinary medicine is and why it's an important subject for physicians to learn about? Culinary medicine is really about teaching physicians how to talk to their patients about nutrition in terms of food. When people are eating, they're eating boxes of pasta and they're eating olive oil and they're eating beans or chicken. They're not eating carbohydrates and lipids and proteins. So we need physicians to be able to have that discussion with their patients in terms of food so that they can talk to their patients about ways they can improve their health. How much or how often would you say physicians are typically exposed to the culinary and nutritional sciences through medical school? Historically, medical students learn very little in terms of nutrition and specifically in terms of nutrition as it relates to food. Medical schools are encouraged to have at least 25 hours of nutrition education and on average only get 14 hours. And when you're learning about nutrition, it's really about micro and macronutrients. It's about the body's interactions, the biochemistry, the physiology, but not about what the patient is eating. So we're trying to change that through this culinary medicine movement. I understand medical students take hands-on cooking lessons as part of their core curriculum. Can you tell me about how that was introduced and how students and faculty have taken to it? This all started a little over five years ago, actually about six years ago, the idea really came, the concept, when a parent had attended a hands-on cooking class that's done through the Culinary Institute of America in a partnership with Harvard, and they do continuing medical education with hands-on cooking classes. So the parent had a a child that was, well, I guess an adult, (laughs) that was in medical school at Tulane and then came to the dean and asked why they don't offer these hands-on classes to medical students that are currently attending school. And the dean really thought it was a fantastic idea um, and decided that it was an important concept to start beginning incorporating into the curriculum. So after the idea was born, they approached my boss, the executive director, Dr. Timothy Harlan, who's an internist and an expert in nutrition and a chef about running the program. And they approached me about doing all the day-to-day operations and curriculum building on a full-time basis. And really this developed in order to teach medical students the concepts that we want them to then teach to their patients. So we want them to improve their own health habits and really talk the talk and walk the walk when it comes to patients because we know that patients are much more likely to listen to a physician who truly is a believer and follows these concepts themselves. As far as reception, I'd say it's been really excellent all in all. I think now is the time to really discuss food and nutrition. People know it's an important topic that we've barely begun to breach. And even 10 or 20 years ago was just a little too soon. People were still a little resistant. But now I'd say with this generation, it's really the prime time to address the problems associated with our diet. 
What do the students learn in these classes specifically, and, and how would you say they apply these skills in their medical practice later on? So in the classes, as I mentioned before, the students are learning basic cooking skills as well as nutrition concepts. And in addition, they're also learning things like shopping, cooking on a budget, and any other barriers that people might have to eating healthy. So it's really the whole nine yards when it comes to cooking and eating healthy. And the way we see it, medical students suffer from the same problems that a lot of the other community suffers from, lack of time, cooking for one. They don't have a large budget. They don't know what it means to eat healthy. So we believe that by teaching the medical students this themselves, they're much more likely to be able to advocate this to their patients. So in addition to teaching them the skills in the classes, we're also doing case studies so that the medical students learn how to take these concepts and apply it into their practices. So it's more like a case-based learning approach. And we bring clinicians as well as fourth-year medical students into the conversations with the first-year medical students to really help to offer the clinical perspective alongside our chef dietitians. So they really get the perspective from many different angles about how this is pertinent and pertinent information to take from the materials in order to teach their patients. And ideally, we hope to measure this through research and the pie in the sky is that eventually we'll follow patients of people who have done our programming to see if this is being incorporated into the practices as much as we hope it does and changing the patient's health outcomes as a result. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Everyday Family Medicine on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Jennifer Cottle, and I'm speaking with Chef Leah Saris, a registered dietitian and director of operations and executive chef at the Gold Ring Center for Culinary Medicine at Tulane University School of Medicine. How does the center involve the community in this healthy eating education program? So we offer free community cooking classes here, six to seven days a week. It's actually a large focus of what we're doing here. It's been extremely well-received, and I mean, it's just, they're obviously, they're free, and it's something people are interested in, and it's fun, and they get a meal out of it. And We have a variety of classes, everything from beginner to intermediate adult classes, children's classes, family classes. We have classes in Spanish and classes for seniors that really focuses on barriers specific to seniors, such as limited mobility or limited trips to the grocery store, things like that. The community, we have a waiting list all the time, which is really fantastic. And it's really just about bandwidth for us in order to meet all those needs. And the medical students actually work alongside the community members, which is really great. We really take the see one, do one, teach one model. So the medical students, after they're learning the practices and the information, they're then helping to teach it to the community members during the community education. So it really helps to build on the skills that we're trying to teach them here. As we've grown more and more community initiatives, community outreach initiatives, we find people are asking for more, and we're doing more specialized programs. We've done stuff for veterans specifically. We've done stuff for people who recently got out of prison. We've done stuff for special needs children, Special Olympics. So it's been really interesting to see how it's been growing and how much the community just loves the opportunity to bring people here for the classes. And as I said, it's really just a matter of bandwidth and funding that limits us to being able to do this uh, around the clock. Your center has made it clear that research is an important aspect of its mission. How are you utilizing research from the curriculum? Well, obviously, being part of Tulane University, having that data to back up 
and evidence-based practices to back up what we're doing is a really important aspect of our programming. So research has been an important goal of our programming since the beginning. We have done pretty substantial research on our medical students, mostly through surveys, pre and post surveys, people that control group versus those that take our programming to see if they're improving their own health, their in nutrition and eating habits, whether their competencies in nutrition and their confidence in talking to patients about this has improved as well. And we've done this not in just our own school, but in our partner schools. We've actually licensed out our programming to about 28 other medical schools six residency programs, and two nursing schools throughout the U.S. And as part of our licensing, they are also doing this research on their students. So we have a pretty large population at this point to pull from. And we have 25 core competencies that we've been following with the students. And we found significant improvement, statistically significant improvement, in all 25 categories since we began. And that's only gotten better over the years as we've taken that information to work on improving our curriculum to make sure that we're meeting these goals as far as our outcomes are involved. We've also done research on our community members, showing that we've improved their Mediterranean diet score, which Mediterranean diet is a large focus of what we teach here, as well as their shopping habits and how often they're cooking at home. And we're really just beginning to delve more into the community programming and the research involved with that. So we hope to see even more improvements similar to the medical student programming as we further develop it based off of our results from our research. We've also began to track our participants in our continuing medical education to see if they are reaching similar goals that we talked about with the medical students, so their own personal health habits, their competencies, and then their confidence in talking to patients about it. So, so far, everything has looked really positive and promising, and what hasn't been, we've really taken to heart and used to improve our curriculum. We only see opportunities to grow with that research as Obviously, funding and capacity improves. You also offer CME classes to help physicians change their dialogue with patients about food and health. What types of modules and education do you offer? We have 24 different areas, condition disease specific areas, that physicians, as well as nurses, registered dietitians, pharmacists, and dentists can take, physicians' assistants as well. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. And they can pick and choose the modules they take. We have them here at Tulane as well as some of our partner schools, usually over the course of a weekend. So they can take sometimes up to five classes at once over a weekend course. They really vary in everything from general culinary medicine practices to diabetes, even pregnancy and nutrition, cancer, sports nutrition, IBS, IBD, and other gastrointestinal issues. So it's really a pretty diverse classes that they can choose from that they can come here. They can also choose to take it a step further, and we offer a certification program. So you can become a certified culinary medicine specialist and do 60 credit hours with us. That includes four hands-on modules, and the rest can be done online. And then taking a culminating exam, if they pass the exam, they would be then certified as culinary medicine specialists. And really, these are the people that become these leaders and really are extremely competent in the areas of culinary medicine, which are starting to happen more and more. I think we now have about six people who are certified culinary medicine specialists. We just started this a little over a year ago, and we have 100 people currently enrolled in the program. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. 
Any future plans or visions for the center to expand culinary medicine programs? We've actually had a great partnership with the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, which has enabled us to really take our continuing medical education a step further. And we're working on building hubs across the U.S. for the culinary medicine education so that our partner schools can start to offer continuing medical education as well. And our ultimate goal in this is to produce income to our programming so that we can viably make the culinary medicine movement continue long term. So it's so that we have funding to secure to support the medical student education as well as our community education. Since those aren't really income generating, we bring in the income through the continuing medical education. So continuing to build that part of our programming to make it sustainable is really our focus right now, as well as ramping up our research initiatives. How can a physician or healthcare provider who's listening find your center and learn more about what you do? The easiest way to learn about our programming is to visit our website at culinarymedicine.org. You can also learn more about the certification at culinarymedicinecertified.com. And we are pretty active on Facebook. You can find us at the Goldring Center for Culinary Medicine there. And if you have any additional questions, you can email me at lferris at tulane.edu. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would like to discuss more? I think we've covered it pretty well. As I mentioned, we do license our curriculum, and our real goal with that is to build a stronger culinary medicine movement and make it so, you know, we have a lot of partner schools to work with, and we've done a lot of the back work, so it's not such a big funding hassle for everyone by building all the curriculum for people. So if people are interested in learning any more about licensing, they can certainly contact us as well. Many thanks to our host, Chef Leah Saras, for joining us today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Cottle. To access this episode and others in the series and to download the ReachMD app, please visit ReachMD.com where you can be part of the knowledge. We encourage you to leave comments and share this program with your colleagues. Thank you for listening.